Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to Black Wall Street Chicago Speaks for Thursday, December 17th, 2009, with your host, Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. This is Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com, and I will be Mr. Carter's co-host for this show. We want to thank all of you for joining us this evening. Black Wall Street Chicago Speaks is on the air every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. here on CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. Press the number one if you would like to speak to our guests or if you have a comment. You can listen to us live at www.blogtalkradio.com slash cbbn. Good evening, Ron. How are you today? To you, Sonia, and all our listeners out there on the Chicago Black uh, Business Network. Pleasure to be here this evening. Ron, looks like we're going to have a great show tonight. Why don't you start out by telling telling our listeners who's on the show tonight? Well, tonight um, we uh, are following up from our member of uh, Obi Wardlaw from last week. Tonight we have uh, the Senator Donnie Trotter. Donnie Trotter has been in uh, office for, I believe, about 20 or 22 years uh, on the south side of Chicago, and he is uh, the lead legislator that pushed the Black Wall Street agenda on the uh, Senate floor. So he's going to be with us. Uh, he has a lot to um, uh, express with us and inform us regarding sustaining and increasing black businesses. And then from there, we're going to have some open lines and talk to our uh, listeners uh, this evening. So that's what we got going. I'm pretty sure we're going to give everybody a good earful of agendas to sustain and increase black businesses. Sounds great, Ron. Yes, we do want to uh, take time and show our appreciation to last week's guest, Mr. Obi Wordlaw. Mr. Wordlaw is a board member on Black Wall Street Chicago and the CEO of his own medical equipment and supply company since 1987. And we look forward to having Mr. Wordlaw back on an upcoming show. You know, Ron, last week we talked a little bit about uh, the formulation of Black Wall Street Chicago and uh, Black Wall Street in Tulsa. Now, this evening, I want to talk a little bit about the Chicago historian, Ron Cotter. Oh, yeah? Uh, you I, do? Yeah. I okay. Do. Well, I'll see what uh, we, we can got, do about that. We, we, can, we can do something about that. Now, Ron, okay. when I say historian, I, I say that to the listeners because I want you to get to know uh, all the different sides of Mr. Carter. Mr. Carter has been the editor and publisher of South Street Journal since 1993. And... Uh, I want to uh, just briefly, Ron, tell us, tell our listeners how you became a newspaper man and about the start of uh, South Street Journal. Well, Sonia, I don't know how to start and, and finish, but I'm pretty um, uh, grateful that the Columbia University of New York is in a project for the last two years to get that story of South Street Journal and to the point that South Street Journal actually came from public housing residents of Robert Taylor Homes. I was an organizer before I got into the newspaper business, and in doing so, 
uh, residents from public housing asked me to put a paper together based on my experience working with the Chicago Defender. And so as I did that uh, to help them, it actually came out that I'm the fifth publisher of South Street Journal newspaper. Uh, those before me was pretty brief, but for the past 16 years, I've been the publisher. And it's been a great uh, experience. Uh, and I think one thing about the black media we have to be concerned about is sometimes is not always reporting the news, but sometimes you get involved in making the news. And combining that community organizing background with the media, it has uh, positioned South Street Journal in a way of being an activist newspaper. Uh, here in Chicago, when we started the newspaper, we mainly want to be a black, uh, not a black newspaper, but a community newspaper. But as the issues evolve, we see that Chicago have a lot of racial overturns in the issues in the economic development, uh, if I, for lack of words, in the name of capitalism. And so South Street Journal, as we have evolved from a grassroots organizing newspaper, uh, we're now a economic development newspaper focused based on my role as being the chairman of the Black Wall Street. So with that, we have uh, gained a lot of good people that has been with South Street Journal as well as with Black Wall Street uh, that has been pushing this agenda and uh, pushing uh, the newspaper as well. So sometimes, based on my uh, organizing background, it's uh, a little hard at times to separate the two uh, because we have to be a two. We have to be an objective newspaper that reports the news exactly as it is, but we also have to have an agenda as it reflects to our readership, which is no different than the Chicago Sun-Times, Tribune, Defender, Indigo, any publication have their political agenda. So South Street Journal agenda comes from community organizing. Does that give you a little idea, and the reader, I hope it gives you some idea of the nature of South Street Journal and how it relates to me? Um, it does. And, well, yeah. And well, you know, you know what's that? What we're going to do, you know, you, when you told me last week that uh, Columbia College archived all those back issues from 1993, they sure did. I Right. I went out there and found them, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, it's uh, amazing to me as well. I think uh, our listeners can go right to Columbia University of um, uh, of New York, and you can go to the website and look for South Street Journal under the search, and you will find every issue of South Street Journal online since 1993. And uh, as you indicated about the historian part of it, is that a newspaper, a media itself, is a library of history and information. And I got to uh, tip my hats again for Columbia because what they're going to be doing is not only archiving the South Street Journal issue since 1993, but they're doing a documentary uh, on South Street Journal, and they're also uh, doing a, a book. So we're looking for a book to come out. Uh, regarding the newspaper as well. So, yeah, we've been quietly moving, quietly trying to get in, involved, we're getting involved, 
and it brought us to this point with Black Wall Street. So, and brought us back to uh, the Chicago Black Business Network, uh, Sonia, which we definitely have to uh, thank you, the not only Black Wall Street, but the uh, listeners here, for the program and the services that you provide. And we're going to work real closely with the Chicago Black Business Network. And is that a fact? <laughs> okay. That's a fact. We're going All to right. go together. We're, we're going to do some great things. 2010 looks like a great year. You're listening to Black Wall Street Chicago Speaks with our host, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ron Carter. I'm Sonia Perdue. Our guest is on the line. We're going to welcome Senator Donnie Trotter to the show. Hey, how you doing, Sonia? Mr. Trotter, you you're on the air. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Ron, how you doing? I'm all right, Senator. How about yourself? It's been a pretty good day, busy, but uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, well, welcome to the uh, Chicago Black Business Network and our program of Black Wall Street Speaks. Um, before we get into the program, I just want to get a, I, we was talking earlier, was it yesterday or today, and you were telling me that you're from uh, Oklahoma. My family, I'm not from Oklahoma. I was oh, okay. born in Carroll, Illinois. No, my grandparents, okay. uh, when people say, where does your family come from? Uh, some people say Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi. Uh, my family actually migrated to Chicago from Oklahoma. Okay, and how long have you been here? I've been here all my life. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so my, grand, my grandparents migrated up here in 1905. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've been a, I understand, based on your background, you've been a state uh, representative and then uh, moved on to the senator. Can you give the, uh, our listeners a little background of uh, Donnie Trotter? Uh, that's my political background. Uh, I'm a child of the 60s, uh, basically, uh, activism is what we lived for, that we breathe, breathe the air for. Okay. Uh, I've been going through the movement, working with uh, many organizations during that time, starting with the uh, Malcolm X Black Hand Society, uh, moving over to the uh, the Panther Party out of California as a recruiter. Uh, you were the uh, Black Panther? Yes, and coming back as, as work as a recruiter in the states of Arizona and New Mexico. No, I didn't know that a background about yeah, you. There's a lot of people people thinking that Bobby Rush was the only black Panther in Chicago at the time. Well, he was the only one in Chicago that is in politics. That is true. Uh, right. I, at that time, uh, I had gone to University of uh, Arizona and ended up at the University of California at Berkeley. So mm-hmm. uh, I was out there during those years. Came well, I was one of those associates of the Black Panther Party as well. But okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so ultimately, I came back to Chicago. Uh, in 1974, when Ralph Metcalf Jr. put out a clarion call to assist his father, uh, who was whose congressional seat was at risk uh, because the original Mayor Daley uh, was running the candidate against him, so came back, worked the campaign, uh, discovered mm-hmm. that I had some organizational skills, became the administrative assistant for then the uh, state representative Louis Codwell. Okay. Worked with him uh, and Harold Washington in Springfield, Illinois, and that's how I basically mm-hmm. discovered Springfield as a political place. Okay. Uh, and um, ultimately uh, got involved in electoral politics from mm-hmm. that point. 1987, uh, I was elected into office uh, as state representative, and I've been serving ever since. All right. So which ward did you get your political experience from? 
what ward did I? I yeah. grew up as a child in the third ward. I grew up in Fort okay. Indiana. In so Bronzeville, huh? That's what they call it now. Right, uh, okay. So at the time, uh, again, this is, so I grew up in the neighborhood where we live. Um, you know, third ward is the ward of uh, Ralph Metcalf and, and Harold Washington and those individuals. There, we only had two wards that we were controlling. That was the second and the third during those days. Correct. Right. Before I moved out, um, my family had always been involved in politics in one way or the other. So it was a natural transition for me to uh, go forward. Uh, right. We all believed in one being involved in the community and you were in. And you uh, mentioned that um, that's what they used to call Bronzeville. Do you have another name that relates to the Bronzeville of Chicago? Yeah, it was just called the Hood. The Hood? That's it? <laughs> well, okay. Well, I mean, okay. For the neighborhood. Uh, All right. But, um, again, I went to DuSable. Uh, okay. Well, see, we got that in common, too. I'm a nominee uh, of DuSable. Oh, okay. Well, as you um, kind of move through the uh, your political uh, travels, is there any particular legislation that stands out in the crowd to you that you help uh, push? Uh, in my 22 years in the Illinois General Assembly, I guess there's probably a lot of things that I mm -hmm. uh, can take a lot of pride in as far as uh, put, is pushing the agenda for. Uh, but one in particular, which is one of the biggest and most people are familiar with, uh, is the kid care program itself. Um, i give you a little side history on that. Uh, I replaced Carol Mosley-Braun when she went to Cook County Recorder of Deeds. Mm -hmm. uh, and as a consequence of that, uh, one of my pledges that I made to the community, uh, and especially the women in particular, that I can do anything that uh, Representative Blonde, 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 Braun can do, except walking around in high heel shoes. Okay. And, and how that was interpreted was that I can carry women's issues as well as carry the issues of the rest of the issues of the community. So okay. one of the first pieces of legislation uh, that I, I was asked to sponsor was to expand the Medicaid, uh, federal poverty line from 100% to 133%. Okay. Uh, essentially, that means that you get more for your the percentage rate was higher for those who would be eligible than from the 100% that the, the government designated as the standard. Well, kid care, uh, for those who, and many of that have used it through the years, I don't know, there's millions of people in the state of Illinois that fall up under that, is now at 400% of the federal poverty line. So in my tenure, I've taken it from 100% to 400% of women and children of the federal poverty line now can receive Medicare and Medicaid uh, benefits and, and as well as health care benefits throughout this state. So that's one of the main things uh, that I can be said I'm very proud now of. Now, you have have, um, uh, I guess, health-related, you was in the health-related industry before becoming a uh, elected official as well? Is that's that correct. Well, uh, my, as we said, my real job uh, uh, before I was elected was that I was a senior administrator at Cook County Hospital uh, for 17 years, uh, and then for another seven years I was the director of minority health for the Cook County Department of Public Health. Uh, my degree is from Loyola Law School uh, with a specialty in health law. Okay. Well, let me, um, you led the uh, the Senate, Illinois Senate, uh, to uh, pass the Black Wall Street um, District here on Chicago on 75th Street. 
can you uh, elaborate what made you want, even though it was partial of a request, but what's, uh, how significant is that to you in passing that uh, legislation? So you said, besides the fact that you twisted my arm. We didn't uh, twist your arm. <laughs> <laughs> we asked you about it a few times, but you came through. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you uh, were walking in, um, where were you in? Uh, um, I was so vegetarian. Uh, right, I yeah, you walked in on our meeting. Breakfast and uh, bam, there you there were. There we were. this project. No, the Black Wall Street uh, Initiative uh, is very important. It's very important. Uh, one for the community. Uh is very clear in its wording that it is one of the only districts that is represented with the same percentage of black people who live there own and operate the same percentages of businesses. And uh, I think that's a very significant uh, statement that has to be made. Um, growing up on 47th Street uh, and in the 50s, uh, my grandparents was one of the first group of people that moved out to Park Manor and moved out to Chatham neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And that became the the beginnings of, and I don't know if you call them middle class at the time, it's just they were working class people mm-hmm. uh, who were able to move out of the, the cut-up apartments that we had down on 46th and 39th Street, as you said, in Bronzeville mm-hmm. uh, at the time. This is when they, they saved their money, they worked at the post office, they worked as school teachers, they worked uh, uh, as bus drivers. And that wall was broken down, that, that artificial wall that wouldn't allow us to move past 63rd Street uh, mm-hmm. came down. So my grandparents moved out there in 1955. Mm-hmm. And okay. So moved us at this point at 7658 South Calumet. So um, I... That, of course, is where, when you went to Grandma's house, that's where I went. So I I grew up in that community. Uh, Mm -hmm. These were my other set of friends uh, who lived on the block. It was the opportunity, whereas on 46th in Indiana, as we did on 45th in Prairie and Calumet, we didn't play in the vacant lots. We didn't play in the alley. Uh, It was the kind of community where you can play in the streets where everyone looked out for you. Well, let me ask, what? Okay, go ahead. So all all that to say, there's a certain love in my heart that I have for 75th Street. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've seen those businesses grow uh, and actually come into being uh, throughout my lifetime. So it wasn't a hard sale nor a hard arm twist uh, to get me to support and promote uh, the wonderful uh, economic region. Okay, we appreciate that from Black Wall Street, very much so, because the um, people in Oakland, California, and Atlanta, and uh, Minneapolis, the other Black Wall Street district, uh, was just ecstatic over that legislation, where uh, it gives them some direction to move forward based on what you all did here in the state of Illinois. Uh, As far as 75th, 75th Street is concerned, why would you? How can you assess that that is basically the only uh, street in Chicago that has that parity of businesses to their population? Um, how have they been able to sustain when other commercial strips in Chicago has not? It's been able to sustain itself in large part from what I said in the beginning that uh, the people who lived in the community, one of the first generation of our generation, 
and of our of peer group to move out there um, really kept that neighborhood very viable. Viable mm-hmm. one because it took care of their houses. Uh, you can see now in the surrounding area, Chatham, uh, which is to the south and Park Manor to the west, uh, to the uh, north, uh, that is, it is considered the most stable black middle class community in the United States. Does and that contribute to 75th Street opposed? Of course, 75th. And then 75th, well, it's, it's all contrib- it's a contributory to all of those factors, to people who took care of their property, took pride in their, in their well, property, and, and enough, and kept their money in, in the neighborhood. Because you can't be viable if you're spending your money in other neighborhoods. Uh, well, looking at the it, economic, it is, a, yeah. it is a travesty right now that the second richest district, or where dollars change hand, uh, from North Michigan Avenue is Pilsen, and that's because they keep their dollars in their neighborhood. Well, and I was going to ask you about uh, not not Pilsen. Let me. Ask, how about Peel Hill, for example? What about Peel Hill? How come the black businesses have not been uh, sustained on, say, on 87th Street compared to 75th Street? Uh, and, Is there and that any I'm, type I'm of plan? Of, or? I'm not a member of the Chamber of Commerce, but mm-hmm. most many of the the stores and, and businesses that have been along 75th Street uh, have been just like the homes. They pass from generation to generation. Okay, all right. So whereas mm-hmm. there's always been a turnover of businesses from say from Stony Island to Jeffrey. And and the strip it is isn't as long. As you know on seventy fifth Street, uh which many neighbors do not have, there is a bowling alley. We have our own bowling right. we have clubs. We have one of the most uh, nationally renowned restaurants, Army and Lou's, sitting right there. We have right. a diversity of not only having one of the best soul food but best cuisine restaurants, but we have a diversity of having one of the best Vegetarian restaurants, so vegetarian. Restaurants. You heard about yeah. what happened to them? I, uh, just I did hear that they had right. had a little little problem, a little bump in the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it has been um, a good part of, of our community and of the makeup of the community. You have Limbs Barbecue. Uh, that there, people come from all over the country and say they have to go up there and get one of those. Uh, Sausage sandwiches or whatever. Well, as we look at uh, when uh, President Barack Obama came out with his economic agenda for the stimulus, part of his within his first month or so, he made the statement of Wall Street uh, to Main Street, and Black Wall Street kind of add on to that to say 75th Street. Uh, I guess it's two prong uh, question. What does that mean that really can help? Black uh, Wall Street or 75th Street, and how does this relate to even the stimulus funds, as Barack just recently stated that he wanted to have the banks to be more uh, small business uh, friendly? I mean, is that something that... one, I mean, it's good rhetoric uh, that uh, the president gave us, but the reality is, is that we have to put the pressure, we from the community... He's talking in, in, in the macro, we, and we need to be talking down on the, at the micro level. We know that we, if we're going to build ourselves, if we're going to get ourselves out of this economic slump that we're in, it's going to be from the same thing that built this country in the first place, and that is with mom and pop businesses, 
small mm-hmm. incubator businesses uh, which are going to continue to generate and churn that dollars, those dollars in our community. Well, so let me ask you about uh, recently. I, I heard that the uh, the Walmart is going to be opening up on 83rd Street, a project that Alderman, um, oh, I'm sorry, um, it's Brooklyn, Howard, that's yeah, Howard pushing. Brooklyn, Howard Brooklyn. Right now, uh, that based I on think them, you're being, I think you're being a little premature. I okay. Think the, uh, the mayor is talking that to the aldermen that mm-hmm. they should be a little more open-minded in allowing a Walmart to be built because it will ge- generate jobs and, mm-hmm. and, and hence. Uh, well, how would you think if not nothing definite? Right. If that happens, um, would the small businesses be affected? Or do certainly, you think that certainly any time there's competition, there's small businesses are going to be affected. But, however, uh, 75th Street gives us a lot of specialty shops that mm-hmm. you can't change. We have the wood shop that is up there. Uh, Does that sound like you're not so in favor of the um, of that big box coming on 83rd Street? I didn't say that. I said, I'm not, but what are you rather than? No, Are you in favor well, of it? The main thing is I don't have a vote in it, so the, so I can't say I have a vote. So <laughs> Senator. You can't, you can't push me up in here and say where, where I am and not. Uh, okay. Like a community, I will know the impact. Uh, okay. There really will be an impact. Anytime some, uh, something new moves into a community, people are going to go there. But there's no secret that people are shopping at Walmart. They're going all the way down to Evergreen, sending their taxpayer dollars, our taxpayer dollars, our base, into a whole other suburban community. So, so is uh, this what Barack is talking about? Is you saying that that is more rhetoric when he uh, made? Because he cannot answer. He, one, he can't make the banks do that. Um, mm-hmm. he, he can recommend that that is something that happens. Uh, he certainly has does not have the power to regulate uh, the smaller banks, the uh, the state-owned banks. I mean, there's two different, three different kind of banking systems here. You know, there's the federal banks, and there's the state banks, and then there's local banks. So he doesn't have the authority on over all of those banks uh, to do that. But certainly, it is something good for the commander in chief to say that these banks should. Uh, make their lending practices a little more lenient. It, it sells good papers, but it, there's nothing, there's no teeth behind him uh, saying that. So is there a uh, a real connection between the whole stimulus um, um, focal of this uh, government to local small businesses, or is there some, some targeted projects for Chicago as it relates to the uh, stimulus funds that you know of? No. Well, there's two different questions. Uh, one, the stimulus dollars, and uh, this has been well documented, in fact, have not trickled down to the community level, which is why we're now hearing that the banks should, should do that or there should be another stimulus package to do that. There were dollars to bail out the banks. It was dollars to bail out the car dealerships, uh, the car industry. There's been dollars uh, supposedly to stimulate jobs, which hasn't happened. But there's nothing specifically that has been dollars in that stimulus package that said these dollars should go for those incubator projects, these dollars should go for these other building projects. There have not been dollars in the stimulus dollars that have been 
uh, disseminated through the feds. Now there are projects, and if you I guess I'm uh, you can't see my expression, uh, Senator, but I have an expression of frustration on my face when I'm hearing you saying that there has been no stimulus money touched the black community. And if I may rephrase your uh, rephrase your question, and you and you shouldn't be because if you walk down the street, do you see anything? I mean, you don't know. You don't have to go far. Look out. So where does the community go at this point? Then let's go. Because see, we hear a lot of stimulus meetings. There's been a lot of stimulus meetings here. This group, a lot of elected officials have had uh, seminars, meetings. Uh, There's organizations having seminars and meetings on the stimulus. But yet, what I'm hearing from you is that of all this time, no one has received anything. Have you seen it? No, 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 don't play like you're sitting on the moon, Ron. I mean, okay. am I telling you something different or wrong? No, you uh, no, you're not. I mean, okay. I do, I haven't heard anything either. I'm just thinking okay. that in, <laughs> that so, you so, may so, have, but we don't know. Right. So, so let's. Well, well, first, let me take take myself out of the realm of where you're trying to push me. First, you try to push me into city council, and uh-huh. how I was there. You need to run for mayor too. But anyway, go ahead. City council. And now <laughs> you having me sit here and interpret on the fed level. Let me try to tell you what. I can tell you that it's happening on the state level. How's okay. That? Uh, I think I'm much more comfortable to talk about that than what these other groups are projecting that they want to do. What we were able to do last year uh, in in May was we did pass a $30 billion capital program. Now, prior to doing that, we, we passed a $10 billion capital program, and that was to use the federal dollars, as they said, the stimulus dollars that came in, uh, that was the, the share of the state's share of dollars that went into highways and for um, reconstruction for schools. But back to this $30 billion. This is a five-year program. These dollars will be used in what we feel is, is the state's stimulus package, since everyone seems to be caught up on this stimulus idea. Okay, I understand. Um, so and, and with that, there, there's going to be dollars in there to rebuild schools, rebuild schools, and also repair schools to deal with some of our deferred capital needs that has been neglected for the past nine years. Those dollars will go to to the roads funds uh, to help build new roads, repair our aging uh, bridges that are out there that are on the verge of collapse, as you saw what happened up in Minnesota. Uh, I mean, our bridges are, are... or in that shape or worse. Uh, dollars will also go towards um, our hospital uh, network as well. But in okay, well, even with these programs. But in the immediate, I mean, I'm, I'm giving you the overview. Okay. In the immediate, what we have gotten out of there is $475 million, which will go to our community. Because when we talk about jobs on the highway. What percentage is that? What percentage Do you know? Right. What percentage of that uh, $450 million? $475 million? $425 million is actually the number. I'm sorry. It's right. Okay. What, what percentage of that of the budget? Can, do you know? Well, if you divide into 30, yes, yeah, about a half of half percent. Okay. Or 5%. And that's there. So uh, what is that? But $475 million goes to what we have as our weatherization program. Mm-hmm. The weatherization program is to allow individuals to do two things. One, to help um, 
get our house together, that the energy is efficient. So $6,000 will go to, to individuals who need their windows tightened up, needs a new storm door, so it saves on uh, your energy costs, and it also puts people to work. Because out of this, little companies of individuals who do not have union training, who do not have, who have not gone to school but can learn the the the, the simple, the, mm-hmm. the, the non-complicated ways of how to do this work, will be getting jobs. Mm-hmm. So, is there any projection of how many jobs will be produced from this uh, uh, from the program? No, we're assuming thousands. We're talking about four hundred seventy-five million dollars. Uh, each group, and this is so big companies can't come in and take the money. Um, little companies, you can form a company, Ron, uh, a, a group, and you apply for five hundred thousand dollars. That's a half a million dollars, and out of that. Um, I don't haven't done the math at this point. Well, yeah. Matter of fact, on, on that note, we had a meeting today on uh, Black Wall Street with some uh, contractors, in which we came up with a program, Black Contractors in the Neighborhood. And matter of fact, I was meeting with two groups of contractors, are uh, following up on exactly what you just suggested, uh, where I can or any individual can. But these are some uh, contractors that's working with Black Wall Street to do exactly what you're just recommending us to, yes. to us. So the money is going through uh, DECO, uh, who will handle it. And to ensure that these dollars do not get, well, ensure as much as we can, do not get misspent uh, or misdirected and spent on, on in somebody else's neighborhood, that in the legislation we have put together a, a panel of nine individuals, um, of people who will oversee where these dollars are being spent and how they're being spent. Because even though $500,000 is not a lot of money, it's enough money to get somebody in trouble and they go to jail. So we have so a panel of, of five individuals who will be selected, who, okay. who knows the industry, uh, and it would be a legislator from each caucus. Uh, I happen to be one of those legislators that sits uh, on that panel. Well, well, I think that that is one particular key uh, that uh, a lot of listeners and a lot of people have to get real and sink into the legislation that you are passing that actually do create jobs and economic opportunities. Uh, how would that uh, relate to, say, 75th Street or any business stri- uh, uh, strip and actually seeking funding from the other uh, government? Is there some well, secret... Uh, 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 who you know to actually receive uh, project funding, or no? It's because not. that's a norm that is heard out in the public. No, well, uh, that's unfortunate. Un- unfortunately, uh, there there has not been a lot of communication uh, with legislators, elected officials, uh, with the populace, and it's not it's everybody's fault. Uh, one, I I can say to my defense, I can't be everywhere. And then, as a matter of fact, we gave a meeting on this weatherization program uh, two weeks ago of Chicago State. Yes, I recall. Huh? Yes, I recall. Yeah, we sent out invitations for 100 people. We might have gotten 30. Mm-hmm. So it's it's we have to work together to get the message out on, on how mm-hmm. things happen. Uh, so so it's it's again we all both can do a better job, but mm-hmm. this isn't the only monies that are out there. There are dollars, and 
uh, and I would recommend for those of your listeners, you know, if you go up to Chicago State and talk to Ms. Isabel Conda uh, mm-hmm. in their business uh, center, uh, she can help you navigate some of these contracts and RFPs that are out there uh, that individuals can apply for. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well then, with the uh, the different programs uh, coming from the state and naturally from the other branches of government, uh, can you, uh, and you mentioned the fact that for black businesses, you have to address the ma-pa type of small business operations uh, to move forward. Uh, but yet, the government has some uh, programs. Can you foresee the black community uh, becoming imperative to the population, at least in Chicago, based on business representation? Um, it can be. We have a long way to go. Uh, as I said, we have had we have a bad habit of not spending our money in our community. Uh, some of I mean, there's been some great businesses owned by people of color, but uh, people. And give you 87th Street for example, and I can't remember the shoe store that was up there. I bought shoes up there. I mean, top Nate, Cam and Nate. No, 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 not Cam no. and Nate. This is right in the middle, across from where Walgreens was. Uh, and this, I'm talking about ten, ten years ago. Oh yes, I know. Uh, is Maxine still there? Maxine's was up that way, but this is not Maxine I'm thinking of. But yeah. Uh, but anyway, quality. We had to go out of business because well, it was just me and you buying shoes out of there. Everybody well, else who had to go downtown. Uh, yeah, or, take for example, I guess the overall planning on economic development that the city of Chicago. I'm, but this is the regional. This is northeastern, uh, the 2040 plan. You familiar with this here? No. Okay, where the 2040 plan, which is uh, my understanding, is exists through legislation of the state of Illinois, and which they're going to be presenting the the city, the northeastern Illinois. 2040 plan um, next year and a preliminary for 2020. But looking at the the, the landscape of, of Chicago um, and taking consideration Black Wall Street District of 75th Street, do you think that the west side of Chicago uh, can come into priority as well? Sure, uh, and I'm not your consummate optimist. I mean, it's going to take hard work. It's going to take uh, a lot of working together uh, to make those things uh, happen. Mm-hmm. So, well, let me actually. Communities are tight right now, as you know. I mean, it's tight all over. It's not just tight in our community, and it is tight to get those those startup loans, those startup grants. But mm-hmm. I know that there there's federal dollars and there are city dollars and there's state dollars through as well through DECO, you know, which is the Department of Economic Community. Now, is there a blueprint, so to speak, even though with Black Wall Street what we do is have summits every three months to give a overview of Chicago, a, an assessment of business organizations in Chicago, uh, but from your understanding, is there a, a entity, if I may say, such as what the Chicago Urban used to, uh, Urban Youth used to do to give uh, reports on uh, different economic um, forecasting for the black community. Does anything like that uh, exist other than the 
not the government, that, per se. Not that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, when you point out that there should be more coming together, how do you perceive something like that can happen to look out for the economic agenda of uh, Black Chicago? You know, Ron, if I had every answer to mm-hmm. every question that you're giving me, um, I would be personally rich, but so many others around me would be rich. Uh, I don't have those answers, which is why it's important that there are groupings such as yours uh, that work towards that end. And there are other, uh, like the Chatham-Avalon Chamber of Commerce, that works mm-hmm. towards finding out those solutions, or the Cosmopolitan Chamber of Commerce. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to refer to them. They're, they're the better experts uh, on how to make this happen. So uh, that's who I would direct your your audience, your listening audience to. Well, I'm going to ask you a political question as well. Even I still want to get back on the economic uh, of sustaining and increasing black businesses. You know, but, and, uh, but also, and I'm going to say this, Ron. Believe it or not, as we're talking, um, I'm having another meeting going on in my office right now. Oh, okay. So I'm, yeah. Are you trying to get away from the political question? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying. Okay, you know, I'm just saying. You're just going to go back to it's just <laughs> I can't be with you too much longer. Uh, okay. And I, and I made that clear before we got on because uh, these uh, meetings are running. I said parallel. Okay. Well, then, and when we're looking at it, I'm just going to jump back to the, um, uh, the sustaining and increasing black businesses. Um, what would you say, what's the overview or what message? I understand you did state about the mom policy. You did understand about the uh, um, um, pushing, or not pushing, but um, handing the torch to, to sustaining businesses. How can you um, assess where we are and where we need to go as far as sustaining and increasing black businesses? Well, again, all you have to do is walk out the door and see that there are not enough of us. Now, just look at the vacant storefronts and in the community, and you know that we're not taking care of the business uh, that we need to, to to keep our communities strong and viable. Uh, we need, one, assistance uh, in getting that, those startup dollars to do so. I know there's been many discussions. Uh, Warren Ripley, who is now the new director of BECO, which is the Department of Economic and Community Organizations, something like that, uh, dollars, uh, with the state uh, who is making this a priority uh, of rebuilding communities. We need, as a community, we need to be in the forefront of those discussions uh, and, and learn how to bring those dollars back. The dollars are out there, which means someone is getting them, and someone is spending them. It has to be us. We need you uh, to continue with good programs like this where the message is getting out, uh, which basically jumpstarts other people to say, and now I'll probably be getting phone calls to get some more information, and I don't mind sharing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that number is seven three nine three three seven seven one five seven seven three nine three three. 7715. I am not an expert on any of this. Um, There are people who are much more knowledgeable. Well, you have Uh, definitely created history based on leading that legislation in the the Senate 
for the Black Wall Street District of 75th Street. Um, we do commend you. Uh, it has set a standard for other cities uh, to follow. And um, with that, um, that insight that you have definitely uh, give us a lot to uh, look forward to. So are you going to be running for mayor or what? <laughs> right now I'm running to this meeting. <laughs> uh, with that being said, uh, the best of the holidays to you. And uh, have me back on the show again. I, and I would love we will to do. Even take phone calls. I don't know how the uh, the format runs, but um, well, you know, we're definitely going to have you back again. You, you know, you can find me. You got it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. That was um, State Senator Donnie Trotter from uh, Chicago, Illinois, who have recently passed uh, legislation for the Black Wall Street District of 75th Street. Um, he then wanted to, our program was about um, sustaining and increasing black businesses, but we definitely want to kind of peek in on that political side. But if you notice, he did not say yes or no. So that's maybe <laughs> something needs to go into the gossip column of South Street Journal, that he didn't say yes or no. So I guess who... And I like the way he handled that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way he handled that, too. Uh, we want to thank the callers that are on the line. We knew that Senator Trotter would not have a lot of time, and we do hope to have him back very, very soon because... There's just so much more to say and so much more to That's do. Right. You listen to Black Wall Street Chicago Speaks with your host, Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Perdue, your co-host for this segment. We're going to be right back after this break.
Thank you, and we're back. You're tuned in to Black Wall Street Chicago Speaks with Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Perdue. Black Wall Street Chicago Speaks airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on www.blogtalkradio.com slash cbbn. You are listening to Common Ground by Kosha at the beginning of the show and after the break. Can We Change the World was performed by VVAA. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. If you'd like to come on the air, press the number 1, and we'll say the last four digits of your telephone number, and you will know that your mic is live. Ron, are you there? I'm here. And welcome okay. back, everyone, to uh, Chicago Black Business Network and the Black Wall Street Show. That was uh, pretty good with uh, Senator Trotter. We definitely have to have him back again. And maybe I know, again, to get a little bit into the politics of business, which plays a major part here in Chicago. Um, with that in mind, uh, do we have our callers or where we are, uh, Sonia? Well, what we're going to do, let's cover a few things. We did have some callers, but you know they come in and out, Ron. Okay. All <laughs> they, right. Their patience is very short. They come okay. they come and go, and they come and gotcha. go. So we'll watch and see who comes back and who goes. Um, one thing I wanted to, to talk about that the center mentioned, which is, which is a buzzword going around, and it should be, the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity. And... Uh, they're sponsoring the CETA program. They have CETA in other states. And it's strange because I went to a CETA class today. For the past two days, I was in a CETA class. Okay. Um, and strangely enough, on the front of my furnace program intake training manual, I wrote the note, how does someone become a trained assessor for the winterization program? Mm -hmm. And Senator Trotter was talking about that. Uh, but it's possible without... Mm -hmm without being a contractor, without right. all of those things, mm -hmm. to even apply for a $500,000 grant. That's something we got to find out a little bit more about. Oh, yeah. We now, have a meeting about that this morning, and which we're focusing on that direction as well. So it is an open opportunity for many to uh, actually follow up and to monitor exactly uh, how much uh, business is the black community getting from this particular program. Um, so, yeah, definitely. So how was the, uh, did you get a lot out of the, uh, what was it, a class, a seminar that you went to? It was a two-day uh, two class uh, for CETA, which is Community and Economic Development Association of Cook County. And uh, it was actually the LIHEAP program, which is uh, for the utilities to mm -hmm. assist people with their electric and gas bills. But the furnace program is uh, uh, part of that. And once you qualify for the uh, LIHEAP program, you do not have to reapply for the furnace program. What happens is uh, the LIHEAP furnace program uh, does not conduct maintenance work, and I'm looking at the handout here. If your uh, heating system fails, then you qualify for the program. They come in, they evaluate the heating system, uh, water pipes, duct work, everything connected with it. Now, these detectors. for homeowners or property owners for, for multi-units? Okay, not multi-units. Okay. No, homeowners, specifically. Uh, they check the gas lines, uh, the gas dryers, the hot water tanks, 
They go through uh, everything connected, and uh, you're qualified to do it now. Now, he said that uh, he sent out 100 invitations, and there were 30 people there. I did I did get a, a follow-up from Mr. Lucas of Black Wall Street Chicago, so, and it seems like he's working on something regarding Correct. this also. Oh, yeah, he's had maybe about two meetings at his location on 35th Street. For this particular thing? Okay. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's out there, and uh, there's training going on, and they're still looking for people to do it. But I'm going to find out, too, just for the listeners of Chicago Select Business Network.com, about that, uh, the Pacifics, the Pacifics, and I'm going to post it on my website, the Pacific qualifications for a trained assessor for the weatherization program. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, if it's available, we should be out there doing it. Because even what they're doing, I mean, the, the most complicated part of this, of what I said, is probably checking the heating system. Who can't be trained to check to see if there's working smoke detectors? Right. Well, it extends a Doesn't it extend beyond electrical and basic uh, plumbing, u- utilities? Uh, would it extend to windows and uh, doors and uh, other weatherization um, uh, projects or jobs on a particular house? That's that's a different program. Oh, okay. This is the, mm-hmm. What I'm reading, what I'm talking about right now is the furnace program. That's mm-hmm. one program. There are different programs under C. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, just, that's just one program, okay? There, there is another one with the installation and that type of thing. That's a different program. So it's, it's out there. It's out there for us, but we've got to – I'm going to specifically post the information for that trained assessors program that because be who can't check those things? I could check them. Right. I mean, really, I could. If many people could. <laughs> Are you going to go into the construction business now, Sonia, huh? He but then again, I think right? yes, that is, and I think that that's what the senator was actually. Uh, you know, I don't have anything uh, uh, experience in contractual, but as he indicate uh, that I can, meaning you can, actually apply uh, for this uh, for this funding, and which, uh, as you stated, uh, five hundred thousand dollars is a pretty nice uh, bank to begin any business operation that one person can get started in and it's more it can be a training of preparing to to do more business uh, ventures with that particular type of seed money so yeah it's a it's a very good uh, initiative that the uh, senator has uh, passed and we do need to take full advantage of it so we're going to be looking for it being on your uh, on the black walls I'm sorry and on the uh, Chicago Black Business Network uh, website that's right, Sonia. That's what we're going to do. Now, if we put this okay. information out there and you don't take advantage of it, then who is it on, Ron? It's on you. Yeah, but that's correct. if it's out there for you, if we're putting it out there for you, mm-hmm. then then it's on you uh, to go out there and get it. And I don't want to make it sound like this. these are easy things to do, even if the money is out there. Uh, getting qualified for state, local contracts, we know these things are not easy, Ron. Um, but it's it's doable. That's right. Now, is, do you know if a person have to be registered as a business or a, a nonprofit 501c3 or just a outright uh, uh, person that's uh, have a 
a heating business, could they actually apply for these type of grants? Do you know if it's available? Um, what are those general qualifications, maybe? I don't have the information on the general qualifications. Okay. I got. I just got out the class when I ran into the show, Ron. <laughs> okay. Stay on I, the case. It's hot off the press. It's hot mm-hmm. off the press, Ron. Well, right. Know. Well, it was, it was good and no timing because Black Wall Street uh, has formed the black contractors in the neighborhood. And as we talked about sustaining and increasing businesses that we focused on more of retail, there is that other lack of business growth, and that is in the construction uh, field. Uh, the, the name is appropriate, as we say, black contractors in the neighborhood, uh, looking at uh, when the weather breaks that we don't see it. Sometimes we see a, um, a group of uh, young black guys standing on the uh, steps, and the steps next door, you see other people actually doing the work. So this type of program can be a star as a training as well, and we have to see a more uh, presence of imperity to the neighborhood with black contractors, and that's one reason why we have formed this here particular group. And, again, they've been meeting uh, today actually discussing how they may organize to receive this type of uh, weatherization uh, funding as well. So. Uh, the the programs of uh, entrepreneurship and, and business development are there, as you said, Sonia. They're not all easy to get to, but there is a, a way to make those things happen. And uh, many have done it, so that means that many can do it again in uh, establishing themselves in business. And that's a really uh, a focus that. Black Wall Street is looking at exactly how many businesses can we increase in the year 2010. Uh, when we have our summit on February 27, those are some uh, questions and resolutions that will be addressed as it relates to the beauty trade, uh, contractors, uh, business districts as we look at 75th Street, and as we look at Madison Street, from California to Austin as a Black Wall Street district. And as we, we look at the uh, just the general distribution uh, of products and as it comes to government contracts. So at the end of uh, 2010, we hope that we can see that actually increase. But even getting to the end of 2010, there's these quarterly summits that we have where we try to evaluate exactly what we propose to do and actually if we did it, and not just uh, ourselves, but that's the accountability process for government and organizations alike that are involved in sustaining and increasing black businesses. So we have a, a very intense agenda as we move to 2010, as Donnie Trotter indicated that what Barack Obama is saying is basically rhetoric. Uh, I'm not for sure in exactly how we can turn that rhetoric into actual um, um, numbers of increasing our business growth, but that's a direction that we definitely have to uh, look at. And that's what we're doing, and we're doing it every three months with the Black Wall Street Economic Summit. And so you've from, got a big job ahead of you, Ron. Um, you know, last week you mentioned that you had 
uh, I guess approximately 14 activities going on or 14 uh, subcommittees Correct. of mm-hmm. Black Wall Street Chicago. Now, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who's on the board, some of the people who are on your board are heading up Black Wall Street Chicago? We know you're the chairman. Can you tell us a little bit about a few other people who are uh, on the board of Black Wall Street Chicago? Right. Well, um, right behind me is the uh, the vice chair who's um, been working very diligently over the past year, Cheryl Calvin. Uh, they have um, been involved with us for at least maybe about a year and a half or, or more. And then our uh, second vice chair is Ernest Armstrong, who opened up a business on 75th Street and um, called the quarry on 2310. So it is a, a private club, but it's open to the public for use. And matter of fact, Black Wall Street is going to host our Summit 11 reception at the quarry on 75th Street that our Mr. Armstrong has uh, developed. And then there's Phyllis uh, Logan, uh, who once was our treasurer, is our legislative representative, um, and she's been pushing many agendas throughout the years. And right now we're very glad that she's a part of our legislative agenda, which um, addressed the question of black versus minority, um, because we understand that minority is now the government term and that all uh, ethnics must be branched into that uh, that minority. And with that term minority, it seems as though blacks uh, are decreasing as the minority increase. So um, Phyllis has been instrumental in helping to move that forward. And then with uh, Mark Allen, has been a part of many uh, organizing efforts. Uh, ooh, the list is um, 22 uh, committee members of, of Black Wall Street. Um, is this 22? Wow. 22. You got, you got 22 a, uh, right. There's 22 active, I uh, want to say core, uh, people that's part of Black Wall Street, uh, Mr. Bassetti, uh, B. Elegance Close, uh, Mr. Wordlaw um, on, on the west side with the medical supplies, um, Tatum, Ronald Tatum, oh, wow, you know, i got to say the name of 22 people. that. But then again, it's not just those people. There's organizations that are associated with uh, Black Wall Street as well, with the Temple of Mercy, uh, Webb Evans from the United American Progress Association. And, again, I just have to keep uh, tipping my head to you with the Chicago Black Business Network, which is a real instrumental part of what Black Wall Street is all about. Uh, I have been following Chicago Black uh, Business Network for a while, but when we connected, as we did, I think that marriage was definitely a, a, a gold mine. And even as we stretched out to the um, Black Shopping Channel and the uh, Chicago Black Pages International, so uh, now working with the Chicago Urban League. So the Black Wall Street is, if I can say, is not so much of an organization as it is a, a, um, a term that's used as African Americans, so to speak, because the term Black Wall Street is used by many um, sectors from the rap industry, from uh, the Black Wall Street game to the 
Black Wall Street District of Oakland, California, uh, to the, the historical Black Wall Street of Tulsa, Oklahoma. So the term Black Wall Street is more of a, a, a term of endearment, more than belonging to one individual or one organization. And so that is basically trying to capture that, that black experience that uh, we need to have. So it doesn't belong to one um, individual, one organization. There's many that makes up what Black Wall Street is. Uh, there's been uh, many elected officials that have been part of it. Reverend Al Sampson uh, is a part of it. So we're going to continue to institutionalize Black Wall Street, and not so much as an organization, but as a way that we have to be when we're speaking about the economic stability. And uh, I uh, follow Brother Webb Evans' term, as he says, is the only way that we're really going to stop the violence among black youth is give them examples of something that they can do to make money, and they cannot see themselves making uh, legitimate economic business decisions if they don't see their parents doing so. So we have to do that for the children as well as, if I can be so direct to say, the uh, stopping the, um, who, how can I put it, uh, the displacement of blacks from the city of Chicago to a great extent. Um, when we look at I, I the... I understand perfectly. All right, so the this is what I want to do, Ron. Let's go to the phone lines and see who's on three nine one eight. Caller three nine one eight. You're on the air with Ron Carter, Black Wall Street, Chicago. Who's on the line? Is, is that is, is that three zero one? Yes, three zero one. That's me. Okay, okay. Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, How you doing, sir? Yeah, yeah. I'm calling from Washington, Maryland, uh, Washington D.C. Okay. Area. And I've been listening to your show uh, for the last hour or so. Um, and, of course, and, it, and this can be, you know, put it down as, as theoretical, you know, trying to construct a, a model here of economic uh, development. And, you know, listen to what you've been saying and what I've noticed in my area and, and my uh, experience here in America. I, I'm left scratching my head. I, I don't understand what's going on, why things are never discussed in the proper manner. Uh, I'll give you an example. And it gives what you're talking about. I'll give you an example of what I'm saying. About well, eight years ago, I had my home built. Okay? Eight years ago. All right. Eighty percent of the labor, people working, were Hispanic. Eighty percent. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who got a government program who trained, I don't know, 80%. Majority of them could not converse with me in English. Mm-hmm. Okay? So so language and ebonics ain't, ain't, ain't an obstacle there. Okay? okay. Uh, I, when I, again, when I was, you know, had my home built and I was, it caught my attention. I was, you know, they, they, they got laborer uh, sites. Uh, Hispanics were at the laborer site training other Hispanics in the construct, construction trade on site. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Alexandria, Virginia, and, 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 and Oxon Hill, Maryland, and, you know, new areas, downtown areas have sprouted up. Again, you know, you're driving through, you notice who's working there. Again, majority Hispanic. 
And I ain't knocking it. You know, it's all good. But I don't know where the government training programs and all this is at. You know, I read an article about New Orleans after Katrina. Who's rebuilding Katrina? Again, immigrants from Honduras. So when we talk about getting black people to do something like simple as weatherization, but to some extent, let's be honest, it's just laying down caulk, you know, to, 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 to make, you know, that, that's what it is. I, I, for the life of me, sir, I don't understand why is it so difficult to get something like that. We're not even trained to do that. When I see people coming from third world countries, can't speak a lick of English, doing work. Well, I think that the dynamics of each city have some similarities when it comes to black contractors. I'm not, I have not been to Maryland. I don't know what the makeup is or the uh, even the population as it relates to uh, blacks are concerned. But the story that I'm hearing you say is a, is a reflection of what is uh, Oakland, California, New York City, um, uh, Atlanta, Minneapolis. The sentiments that you have uh, laid out is a reflection of those same cities. Uh, even though we talk about a lot of good things that's happening in Chicago, Again, as you can say, it has not been in priority to our population. And even for contractors are concerned, uh, here in Chicago, there is a political overtone on who gets contracts and who. I, if I can kind of uh, put it to you this way to try to sum up your, your point to a, to a certain degree, is that here in Chicago we had Harold Washington that was a black mayor. I don't know if you're familiar with that or are you? Yeah, I'm familiar with her watching. Okay, yeah. now with that in mind, after he, there was the the uh, the Vodoyak 29, I believe, uh, that was fighting against Harold Washington and everything he did. After Harold Washington died, during the course, he was known Vodoyak was known as a racist. Uh, so after Harold Washington died, 20 years later, uh, or so he made the comment that the Council wars between blacks and white in the city of Chicago was not about race. It was about power. Now, my assessment is, regardless if it's not about race and if it's not about, uh, and it's about power, black people was used for power. And the, what I hear you state is no different from, so our picture is not just a a city issue. It is a national issue. Um, to answer your question, I think that many people have the answer. Uh, but what I would like for you to, to invite you to do and is to focus on an economic agenda of your own uh, in Maryland. Uh, no matter where you're at, you have to be able to, to start that dialogue. Uh, Black Wall Street came out of frustration. We was frustrated about the issues, and we were complaining about the issues. And as we start complaining, we indicated that we're going to have a meeting to let our frustrations out. That meeting was on Malcolm X's birthday on uh, May 19, 2007, in which our focus was that Malcolm indicated that if we don't start doing it now, we're going to turn around it's going to be too late. In Chicago, it's almost too late. It's not too late, but it's almost too late. And one reason why it's not too late for us 
is the reason why we claim 75th Street as a black Wall Street district. And we're claiming the west side of Chicago as a black Wall Street district the same way the, the government in each of these cities around the country has reclaimed the center uh, downtown, Atlanta, uh, Chicago, Oakland, California, New York, all of these cities have, the suburbs have came back to the city. And as they did so, they did a gentrification of most of these black cities. So to see Hispanics doing your work, yes, it's good that they do it. Whatever reason how they get it, you're not going to take anything from anyone. But I believe because our situation is the same in Maryland as it is in Chicago, it was a systematic plan. If it was different, that if Chicago blacks did not have the same problem as Maryland and as New York and as Oakland did, then okay, everything is fine. That's you all problem. But you all problem is the same as each one of these cities. So I would advise, I don't know, again, where you are or what type of organizing skills you have, but you're going to have to ignite a something similar to a black Wall Street district uh, in Maryland, even if it's nothing but three blocks. You're going to have to do that, again, because of the youth. Those youth got to be able to see some black contractors and not know other races doing that work so that they can know that they can do it. So um, we have to start where we are. And uh, the frustration uh, that we had two years ago is what led us to where we are today, that we have had the state of Illinois, all 52 sen uh, senators, uh, sign on to a black Wall Street district in Chicago. And we're moving on to the west side. You got to do the same regardless of the frustrations that we have. That's being direct with you. Yeah, well, well, I'm running uh, for school board. Okay. Okay. All right. And, and, and here's an example of one of my campaign issues that I, it's hard to get answers here because I, I don't know. We just keep doing yeah. the same thing over and over right. again. And, but anyway, mm -hmm. I, I, I uh, you know, vocational training has been a staple in urban education for over 60 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. And African American youth have been uh, lured in those areas for ages, away mm -hmm. from college prep, which is all right. I ain't got no problem with that. Even today in my county, uh, blacks make up the majority of the vocational training. Okay. I'm like, well, so, but, but after they finish, when everything's said and done, there is no union card, there is no apprenticeship program, there is no jobs, there is no working, there, there, there is nothing. There's no connection to what's going on in real life. Mm -hmm. So I'm, again, trying to get answers, trying to get some resolution as to why it is that we fund these programs, have all this uh, uh, so-called uh, modern equipment. I guess I probably wasn't, uh, pardon me for cutting you off, I guess I wasn't sure. that direct in asking, you asked the question, and I thought I was saying the, the reason is racism. And blacks running the ship now. We we that we we we. No, in you're not running the ship. I don't understand how you're running the ship. Uh, and, and what capacity are you saying that you run the ship? Uh, the blacks the blacks are superintendents. The blacks are principals. The blacks are counselors. You know, right. it's, it's blacks running the. It, we, we, I mean, I I can't. I, I don't know what we want. You know, <laughs> we the majority of the school district. 
but again, it, to me, it's, it, 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 look, it's the conversation. It's the model of of, of our success. Well, let me let me kind of go back. Uh, I think I'm I'm having another angle to your uh, oh, to sorry. our answer. Yeah. That other answer is. Uh, I was talking to a major businessman here in Chicago, and uh, by the fact, his name is Elsie Higginbottom. He's one of the uh, richest blacks here in Chicago, and he's very close to the mayor. I would think that he's maybe the uh, in the top ten, uh, not up there with Oprah Winfrey, but uh, in Chicago, he's very close to her in, uh, in his wealth. He made the statement that one problem that we have is that we have um, churches, religious, and social service activists uh, and elected officials running the economics of our community. Um, now, what Donnie Trotter offered us earlier today was a good economic agenda, uh, but what we still don't have is business people running the economics. And if we focus more on business, the same way if we here in Chicago, you have uh, uh, Italy town, Chinatown, uh, Korean town, naturally you have White Town, but all of those, uh, except for White Town, all those other groups do not have elected officials, but they control the economics of their community because business people run their communities, not elected officials, not a social service agency, and not churches. Uh, and once we be able to focus more business, even with you running on the uh, city council, I mean, I'm sorry, you're running for the school board. Yes. Okay, as you're running for the school board, I would suggest that you form an alliance with, uh, now is that an elected position? Yes, it is, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, and if that's since that's an elected position, you're going to have to bill you some business people so that you can get the proper campaign contributions so you don't be hold to others that may fund your campaign, even if you get funded through the uh, the grassroots effort of people supporting you, you still got to need a – because you may need to go to another higher level than the school board. Uh, and yeah. you got to have to have business people to fund your program. And so who are those business people going to be? Here in Chicago, uh, many say that uh, the University of Chicago helped fund Barack Obama campaign when he ran for U.S. Senate. And so there is that uh, stereo that uh, the University of Chicago actually bought Barack Obama. So if that's the case or not, what we need is business people not only running our uh, economics, but for to a certain degree, our business people have to run our elected officials, and it depends on which business people are supporting your candidacy. And if they're not, then your goal needs to be to to promote and to build an economic base even around your candidacy. And if that uh, economic going to be uh, economic base going to be outside of your community, then that's probably what's going to happen to you. Because, again, that is the case here in Chicago. Our elected officials are steady, um, how can I put it, going to the base of who supports their candidacy. I would say that Donnie Trotter is wherever he gets his uh, contributions from, he has always still been true to a black agenda. There's many of us, but sometimes it's kind of hard to 
uh, distinguish. But I believe that you have to start leading the way. I don't know if there's any other person in, in Maryland, but you're going to have to do an extra step because of the, uh, uh, I guess, because of the, the cry that I hear on you're not getting no answers. So you're not getting the answers, meaning that you're going to have to create the answers. Uh, oh no, that's too blunt well, to you. Well, but. No, 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 no. You're okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, and by, yeah, no, I'm on my own. Okay, if you're gonna do this right, and you're gonna do it the way the Koreans do it, you on your own. If you're gonna do it the way the Arabs do it, you on your own. Okay, yeah. in the black community, we don't think like that. And that gets, you know, one other question. Well, I we can, we can think like that way. Okay. No, 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 we don't. We don't. I tell you what, we get in there. We're gonna get there. Go ahead. What's your other question? We're gonna get yeah, there. The, 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 yeah, well. I, I don't know. I'm gonna come can. to Maryland. I'm gonna come to Maryland, and I'm gonna go hook up with you. I'm gonna tell you something uh, because if you look at the beauty care industry, uh, the Koreans got it on lockdown, uh, using every anti-competitive, antitrust uh, uh, violation they can yeah, come Black up with. Wall Street. We did a study on that, and we okay. have uh, even with in Black Wall Street, we have a committee that's focusing on the beauty uh, industry. I don't want to give it so much out. But we had a meeting this morning addressing that. So there, as uh, Sonia indicated, there are 17 initiatives of Black Wall Street. Um, it's a matter of managing uh, our growth. And managing our growth makes it seem as though we're not doing as other groups are, but there is a group of us that are. And I think that you are one of those examples to uh, get that going right there in Maryland. You need for us to come by there and help you out? Well, I'll let you know. No, no doubt about it. Uh, the election is no, no. Uh, I, I'm running a campaign the right way. Uh, I'm putting out. I'm, I'm not like you said. I get, I get ideas. I get uh, a philosophy, and I'm sticking to it. And okay. I don't. I, and I think too often we compromise. So we don't make. We, we, I mean, come on. These come on. It's 2010, and we're still going around the barberry, the bush over and over again. But look, here's my thing. Uh, uh, when I, you know, you heard of Dr. Claude Anderson, who of talks about ethno ethno aggregation. Okay. Yes. And, 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 it, and it's just my opinion here. I don't see, given the current recession and the current financial crisis we're in, and where African Americans are in relative to other groups that are smaller, but as we stated, more powerful economically. How are we going to, and based on what you know, with this recirculation of our dollar being you know, half a day, if that. How are we going to get anywhere economically on the mom-and-pop level without engaging in boycotts? Well, you know, we there's someone, there, there's someone, I know we don't talk, there's someone in, in, who talked about uh, the Ebony Experiment I, I read about, uh, heard about. Yeah, that's here in Chicago, Illinois, too, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. I, I, how, I'm originally from Detroit. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there are really the Arab, any issues there, huh? <laughs> well, 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 the Arab community and or the Chaldean, I'm not <laughs> knocking them, but hey, they got 95 percent, 99 percent of the grocery stores. Same way in New York City, in Harlem, in Harlem, New York, the same thing. I, okay. I, I'm not knocking them, but the way in which it is, is, is close to nothing. I, 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 I'm not as intimately or uh, detail involved in it, uh, you know, because I'm working on education. But let me just say it to you like this: the uh, uh, program that's set up to address the issues of African Americans 
it's called it's something like it's called disadvantaged, underprivileged <laughs> business enterprises. You know, I'm just telling. So, so you know what that's all. So I can't, I, I can't even go there. I can't even talk. I, I don't even want to talk about that. It's just, it's, it's very, very, very low. Uh, but so uh, let me, uh, let me just, let me, let me just, add, let me just add this one, one other thing here. And this deals sure. with the state of Maryland. Uh, minority business enterprises. This is what I wanted to add. Uh, minority business enterprises uh, have been in existence here for over 40 years. Uh, they, they, they've gotten nowhere uh, in terms of really spurring on the, the black development where you would not only have, you know, blacks doing business with blacks, but blacks doing business with everybody else. I mean, but that's a government agency you're speaking of, isn't it? Exactly. But, but it, 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 it is it's amazing that uh, 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 nothing ha- has been done uh, uh, you know, with this group, and and it is the thing. Uh, my my no, you, you you're right. When you, you mention minority, I'm feeling you. I'm with you. The notion of minority, minority is really someone in the legal profession. There could be a firm that has thirty percent uh, third minority lawyers, right? And right. it could be one percent black. You know, <laughs> that, that the whole minority thing doesn't mean anything anymore. It, it, it's long lost its meaning in terms of a, being applied. <laughs> To uh, uh, black uh, African Americans. Well, how long? Uh, how long? Just trying to get an idea of uh, of this uh, county. How long have the population, uh, say from zero to forty uh, percent, uh, and what time frame did that happen? Good question. Would you, would you know? Uh, the black population has about doubled in the last decade. Uh, blacks have have moved uh, from D.C. and Prince George's County into this county. Around the time I, I start moving, about ten years ago, we were about uh, about twenty percent. Why were they moving uh, from D.C.? Uh, lower tax base, bigger homes, uh, like I said, quality of life. The schools were supported to be better, uh, more retail. Um, you know, it, it's just a, a, a you know, it, it's a bedroom community. People work for the government. They work, you know, in in, in um, outside the county, but you know they bring their money, their high incomes into the county. Again, lower tax base, bigger homes, uh, you know, they, they, you know, belief is, you know, better uh, environment. So there would not be a, so based on the, even the, 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 the uh, I guess the, the, the working class, the uh, population of blacks, there's probably or is there a, a tab for entrepreneurship um, in that uh, county? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, here's the thing. Uh, the black median income is higher than the white median income. Black home ownership is higher than white home ownership. Uh, but there has not been a catalyst. Um, you know, like you, like you mentioned, you know, our, our, our social business political thought is coming from the church, so to speak. So unless you, if you ain't got reverend by your name, or if you're not, or, or, or you can't, or NAACP, for example, and I'm not knocking any of them, but uh, that, that, that's where the community is So there's is, right? not a, uh, is there a, uh, a black business leader to the, to the point that has been uh, pretty known, successful, or a commercial name black business there? When I say commercial name that he promotes and advertises himself, um, like, Johnny the car salesman. I don't know, but there was a there gentleman. A, there was a gentleman here four years ago. There was a gentleman here four years ago um, who ran for state legislature, who had mm-hmm. who's a big contractor, 
You know, mm-hmm. he had deals with the hospital. He he sits on very prestigious boards. But I would not necessarily classify him as a businessman in the context that we're talking about today. Um, Mr. Carter? Yes, sir. That's Sonia. I want you to know we have 12 minutes left on the show. We do have another caller, so we want to wind up with this call. All right. Well, Bob, let us hey, move on to another caller. But uh, hey, look, for, look for us at um, uh, call me at the Black Wall Street, uh, 312-624-8351, so that we can dialogue some more. I think that I have no problem coming to uh, Maryland and uh, getting nosy. Okay. Thank you. All right, please give me a call. Appreciate, right. appreciate your show. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. Come back next Thursday, Bob. Thank you so much. I will. I will. Thank you. Thank both of you. Okay. You're welcome. You're listening to Black Wall Street Chicago Speaks with your host, Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Purdue, co-host for this segment. We want to check and see who else is on the line, and then we're going to wind up the show. We appreciate all the callers tonight. Caller uh, in Chicago, Four four eight seven, the last four numbers. Uh, you're live with Mr. Carter. Mr. Carter, how you doing, brother? I'm doing okay. Who is this? My name is Enoch Mubarak, and I've been listening to this show. And I and I gotta say, I, I've never heard so much crying out of the black man. What is going on? Listen, you know, you guys are sitting there talking, and I just couldn't believe it. You know, every time the black man come up with something, you guys always have to go to the city. Go to someone else, tell them what your plans are, tell them what you want to do, see if they're going to kick in, and see if they're going to help you along. And that's how come the black man can't get in. Well, you have to roll undercover. You can't, you have to stay off the radar. You know, stay <laughs> out of the radar? What are you talking about? I'm a newspaper man. How do you expect us to stay out of the radar? Go ahead, well, go I ahead. You Listen, like, you look at 75th Street uh, over here, what you're talking about. Do you know that? By the time the alderman came up with, you know what I'm saying, talking about, well, we need to limit these beauty supplies store, I mean, these beauty salons along this corridor, they were already there. They grew up there quietly, and the next thing you know, they were there. Just like Chinatown, any of these towns, if the black man wants to get his own, he doesn't have to, you understand, go and try to see who's going to pitch in. Just, hey, get together, and next thing you know, it's there. Next thing mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it, it's already there, but the black man always got to hold a press conference. He always got <laughs> to go to the city. He always got to try to find this program. See how many people want to pitch in. Forget about that, man. Well, you know, I understand. I understand. I mean, there, there there is an organization within the organization, but when you look at um, a Chicago, one part, even the programs that uh, Donnie Trotter has indicated. Uh, uh, that money is not only available to blacks, but it's available to anybody that applied. Uh, that was some pertinent information. Even though as he made that information out, other people can to apply for it as well. So um, going to a press conference, going to pre- you know, that's just the government end of it. But the other part of it is actually, as I understand you, and I agree with you, that we just got to got to do it, and that's something that we have been doing. But at the same time, we still have to have a means of communicating. Uh, the uh, this program here give us a means of communicating, even to the point that you uh, made some note to me on the Chicago Black Business Network. 
I wouldn't have known who you are without some open communications. Uh, we're on the I, Internet I, now. Uh, right, I, all I, information is available. There's oh, nothing. Brother, I, I know all that. I know all that. Okay. Listen, listen. But I'm telling you, all that is talk and rhetoric. Because after all is said and done, the black man or the black politician, when they want money, bury $600 in his, in his war chest. When the, wherever the black man want to run off, he got to get out of the big. You got 16-year-olds, 7-year-olds having to grow big before they, they little stuff. At least, you know what I'm saying, these kids, you understand, they're not going down. They're they doing something. They raise their own money. You know, you can learn something from these kids who be out here tagging. But the black man, you know, he always got to, you know, go, I mean, and then you end up begging. Wait a minute now. You didn't finish. You said the black man always got to, you didn't finish that part. Always got to what? The black man always has to. To let his hand be seen, let his hand be known, because there's money out there. Oh, they will give us the money if we apply. Forget about the money. Forget about the grants. Forget about all of that. If you have what it takes to get out here and make it happen, come up with your own loot. That's all I'm saying about these kids. They get out here and they make their own money. They don't go crying to their parents. They don't go crying to the church. They get out here and they make their money. But you guys, grown men, you get out here and the next thing you know, you know, Wall Street Initiative. Okay, fine. But, hey, let them look up, and next thing you know, they get on walls on 75th Street, and it's there. How did that happen? Where did that come from? Who put this here? Because that's how you roll. You have to roll with stealth. You lose the element of surprise each and every time you step out the gate and hold a press conference. Or, you know, say, go and apply for the money. You get yourself, you put yourself on the radar. But, Igna, you know? I, I, yeah, I, I, I understand your sentiments for basically just doing it and don't put yourself out there. But there is a a time element where here in Chicago, again, as I stated before, the Chicago has a 2040 and a 2020 plan. Knowing that that does exist, that means that anything that happens in Chicago, Mayor Daly is the chairman of the uh, of, of the building committee in Chicago. As he has that position, does nothing move in Chicago if a businessman is going to open up a store on Madison Street or 75th Street? That comes through his desk. There's nothing that, and, and the bottom line here is land. If you control the land, you control the economics. It's nothing we can do uh, unless it's crime written that is not public information. Uh, I understand there's an, an internal organizational uh, direction that we have to take internally, but that internally is basically too late to a great extent. Lake Meadows is coming down. When Lake Meadows in Chicago comes down, that was projected 10 years ago. What happened 10 years ago was taking the whole demographics not only the uh, demographics of a particular area, but you're also looking at the demographics of a population of people that goes along with your plans. Whatever we do, when Walmart indicated that they wanted to move on uh, 83rd Street, that direction was identified 10 years ago as a newspaper man. My job was to investigate when did Walmart indicate that it wanted to move on 83rd Street? That was 10 years ago. 
upon doing that, they have evaluated, they have studied, they have did their uh, their market analysis of the uh, stability of moving a Walmart on that particular location. So what we do internally is one thing, but as we move in this capitalistic society, and that's what it is, everything is public. Yes, I have my business plan, my internal business plan that I work from, but my business plan is going to have to be presented. With the city of Chicago, there is LIST. This organization is the funding mechanism for the MacArthur Foundation. Any development or plans that any organization in Chicago, from the Chicago Urban League, from the Nation of Islam, based on their location or the building that they had on 79th and Halsted, all came from the department uh, from the, the from the building commission that's headed by Richard Daly. So the internal workings of our spirit, I believe, is what you are referring to or where we have to move. But there is a business external that have to be aggressive because everything is open board. When we know what the city of Chicago is going to do in the year 2040. We had to bogart the doors to find out what they was going to do. This committee consisted of 75 people. Of these 75 people, only two was on that committee was black. We had to bogart public information to say that you're going to put the black community on the table. So the plans of where the city of Chicago is going is in the works. Rather, whatever we do, they are moving forward. When they stated that they're going to uh, increase the the south and the west side of the near loop, uh, the near loop by 175,000 people, those plans was made 20 years in advance. So, and it happened in the last seven years. The city of Chicago has increased their power base by 175 housing units, not people. If it's people, there's maybe about 300,000 people that came in Chicago within the last uh, the last 10 years. That is power. Those are votes. That is an economic base and where they can the people can be apathetic all you want. Chicago, the city of Chicago, has something like uh, 1.2 million registered voters in the year 2000. When the U.S. Census come out in 2010, there will be maybe about 700,000 blacks in Chicago. That is diluting the economic base. So to not be public, the public is on us. It's not that we have to be exclusive in our plans, but the plan is already on us. You know, and I think that that's when I indicated earlier with Bob, when we look at it, we're fighting un- invisible racism of what's happening to us. And I think that, you know, we can still work in the spirit of inclusion among ourselves, but there is a public drive of accountability that we got to fight. There's many, uh, I guess, many issues that we're, we're addressing here, from our children killing ourselves to the education is 51% uh, dropouts, I'm sorry, other way around, 51% uh, 
actually uh, graduate, and 49% are dropouts uh, to to the AIDS. So all these issues that among us, that is public information on us. That is no secret. That is not working behind uh, the closed door to get things done. The issues are on top of us, and they are compounding that gets in our way. I don't want to take anything away from the, the might and the uh, direction uh, and, and the encouragement of black people to move forward. But we do have to look at the big picture as we move forward, and we cannot just rest upon our, uh, uh, our internal plans. When we say we want 75th Street to be a black Wall Street district, we bogarted it. We came out publicly. We took that particular area publicly so that it can be known, so that the community can have some dialogue in that direction. We cannot do that quietly because we know that that field is going to get out. The city of Chicago knows everything. Remember now, we got cameras just about everywhere. They got eyes on us. I have a camera looking at me right now. Who knows? So, uh, weak, yes, man. That's, that's weak. Okay. That's weak. Well, okay. Why does it cost $200 to get Carter in the organization? And, Mr. Okay, Sonia. We're, we're down to our last minutes here. Okay. This is what we're going to do. I want to, first of all, hold on, stay on the phone, Enoch. This is what I want to do. I want to thank all the listeners for calling in. We're going to go to non-streaming so that uh, Mr. Carter can finish up his call with you. And we have one more call oh, no, on no. the line. No, no, no. His call is finished with me. I've heard enough. He didn't. I, I've heard okay. enough. I mean, too much talk on that man's part. I mean, he talk about all that, and then got to sneak up on Daly with his plan. As you would go right to Daly and say, "Hey, man, this has going down." You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, and that's that's exactly what don't it ask, is. But I appreciate your call. We need to talk though. We need to talk after that. Don't ask what you are not prepared to take. Okay. okay. We're gonna communicate online. Thank you. All right, Thank Sonia, you where we at? Have a good evening. We have one more caller on the line. We're not streaming anymore. We're off the air now, but we're going to go ahead oh, and take the okay. caller since they were gracious enough to come in. Caller 1878, are you still on the line? Yes. Hi. Hi. I wish I had, a, got, had an opportunity to have responded to the previous caller because um, our initial – this is Cheryl Calvin, Vice Chairman. Of oh, the hi, Cheryl. And our initial um, – response to Daly or anyone else was to go ahead and claim 75th Street as the Black Wall Street District. So we did exactly what he proposed that we should do. Um, and, and all the opposition that we faced, we had no other choice but to go that route, which was what was suggested by Michael Carter of, of uh, California. So, Correct. Um, unfortunately, we did not get a chance to let the listeners and that caller know that that was how we got to where we are now, and we are just now getting a uh, fair response from those other entities that um, that he mentioned we should be taking it from. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did kind of take the door. Yeah, we did force them <laughs> to respond to us, but he didn't get a right. chance to hear, to hear that part because he was too frustrated. Right. Welcome okay. to the show, Cheryl. But what I do want you and Ron to know, we are no longer streaming live, but I show when it goes in the archive, after we go off the air, everything is still in our tape for tonight. Oh, okay. So it's still okay. going to be, a, if we go to a, if we go to three hours, it's still going to be in our package. It's just not streaming live right now. Just want you Got to know. It. Got it. Got it. Oh, so we have other callers. So we have other listeners here with us in a way, right? Is that what you're saying? Wait. 
we're not taking any more calls tonight. But anyway, no. But we have other <laughs> listeners. There are, there are other listeners on the line. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, All right, Cheryl. Don't say nothing bad, Cheryl. Uh, <laughs> You should have been listening to his frustration and making sure he knew that, you know, this is exactly what we have done, and, and, and that's, a, that's a hard work, you know. It's, it's easy to say. It's easier to say than to do because it's, right, it's right. not hard for that. Yeah, well, again, uh, Black Wall Street came out of uh, people having frustrations, um, okay. and, they, you know, we just took our frustrations and started moving to them because, again, we do have – some intense frustrations uh, based on where we are, but I still look at that with all the issues that we face, we're still moving very progressively, taking into consideration the Civil Rights Bill was just passed, uh, what, in the 50s? (laughs) So really that is, uh, we have made a major progress, Uh, the Voting Rights Bill, a lot of bills that was passed just in the 50s. So um, as we were fighting for those uh, human rights, uh, the capitalism was moving on us on the, on the other side uh, to the point of where we are now. So, yeah, I do understand the, frustrating, uh, the frustration that uh, we have. Again, uh, Cheryl, as you can indicate, we get a lot of them at our summit. <laughs> and and one, one, one other irony is the caller made the point that um, – why is a black man crying so much? Remember our second session, I think it was, is the one I I was at, and I said I didn't want to be at a crying session. Yeah. Uh, but we began to realize that, um, you know, the black man is crying because the black man has something to cry about. <laughs> 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 well, you know what? I never heard it said it so good like that before.
defense, just so that if there are any other listeners, he knows that I'm on sick leave. I do read the email, but I don't catch everything. I'm trying to get this in, in order. All right. I understand what's going on. I'm not going to I'm not gonna pressure it. I know you got stuff you got to do, but you'll, you know, you better come on back, woman. Right, right. I have work to do with the black woman. All right, okay. All right, good talking to you guys tonight, and um, don't be putting me on the spot like that publicly. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you, Cheryl. All right, you guys take care. Yeah, you, you have a good evening. All right, take care. Bye bye. I want to thank our guests and listening audience for joining us. Sonia Purdue and our host, Mr. Ron Carter, for this segment of Black Wall Street Chicago Speaks. We'll be here every Thursday at 7 p.m. and Central Standard Time, and we want you to join us. want to remind you that Black Wall Street Chicago wants you to join them on WLS-TV, Channel 7 in Chicago, this Saturday at at 6 p.m. That's right. That's right. That's right. Porter Porterfield and Cheryl Burton did a half-an-hour segment on the new on the now-designated Black Wall Street District with the chairman of Black Wall Street, Ron Carter, and we want you to watch this segment Saturday, and that's noon right. at 6 p.m. Mr. Carter, so I guess maybe that's a, Yeah, well, that's a big press release that we're putting out there, Brother Ignac. I understand uh, where you're coming from. I, I invite you. Uh, isn't he from uh, Chicago, Ignac? Yes, he is. Okay, yes, he yeah, is. we have to invite him to a uh, Black Wall Street uh, meeting. I want people to call Area code 312-624-8351 to have more information about Black Wall Street. And, uh, Sonia, we're definitely going to have to uh, talk about South Street Journal on our next uh, show. Based on we're looking at the, the paper, we'll have a relaunch uh, next week, and uh, we're going right. to have more right. news related to uh, Black Wall Street and just generally sustaining and increasing black businesses with the, all the other issues and frustrations that we have, but we will be focusing on those good, positive things as well. So, yeah, I do uh, welcome our listeners uh, to join us on our next show and uh, give us your comments and your suggestions, and we definitely will be following up with them. That's great, Ron. You know what I'd like to do also? Uh, I'd like to go back and look at some of those old issues and uh, look and see what was going on in the community and the minds of the people and have you reflect on that for us and then take that same issue and look and see where it is today, what's happening okay. with it today, how, oh. how it's going on. I like, I like to see that. Yeah, the like only problem, Sonia, with that is that uh, we can take a headline from uh, 1994 and uh, just change the date and it almost will uh, – be the same, almost, for the most part, uh, based I, on a lot of people. Know, are that's, that's why I want to bring that up, because I, want, I wanted to put that out there. I want to, that's right. exactly what I want to do. Take that oh, headline okay. today and get some response, and then ask, and then ask the wise. Why, mm-hmm. Ask the wise. You right. see where I'm going. You get to know me real good, I got you. Okay, now that, that snuck up on me, Sonia. That snuck, I didn't know you had that much insight. I didn't know that you must have been doing some real studying. <laughs> yeah, I'm a you must be. <laughs> right, you are. You I are thank, definitely. I, I want to thank all of you for joining us. I'm getting some. I'm getting some to you this week too. I got something else going on too. Uh, I want right. to thank you for joining us tonight, Mr. Carter, and I want to thank all of our guests. We had some good call-ins. I'll send the numbers to you too, Ron. 
Okay. We're going to leave tonight with uh, something that I played on the last show. Catch us on Thursday nights with Black Wall Street Chicago Speaks, and we want you to have a great, great evening. Good night, Ron. Good night to you, and good night to all listeners.
Don't nobody want to die. 